today we're continuing our series, uh, and Yusuf is going to be talking to us about regulating thoughts and self-awareness and what to do with our thoughts in general, whether it's positive or negative. So I'm actually really excited about this talk. So um, no pressure, right? No pressure, no pressure. But I'm just really excited about it. So I'm excited too about this talk. I'm looking yeah, forward. all yours. As if you've never heard this Abuna before. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. I mean, thank you very much for having me here again. Um, obviously, I didn't do a good enough job that, you know, you stopped calling me and, and, and asking to come. Um, so I'm going to a little bit more and ask the two people in the back to move up at least one or if not two so that I don't have to project so much. It's a, it's a beautiful thought that I always have of intimacy whenever we're, we're, we're giving this kind of a talk. Um, just a little bit of history as to, as to who I am. I am a Christian counselor and near and dear to me is the concept of integration. We always think of counseling as something that's completely separate from our faith, but there is a burgeoning new field within the field of psychotherapy that's called integration, where it's really integrating our faith, our spirituality, our Christian faith and beliefs into the sessions that we offer our clients. And it's, a, it's, a, it's where my heart is at. So today, whenever I speak to you, I'm going to be speaking from that lens. So if, if that's not what you were hoping for, um, too bad. Okay, so thoughts. Let's talk about thoughts, okay? But before we talk about thoughts, just in general, we're going to talk about what and how we process our world, okay? So this is what happens. We face a new situation, okay? I drove all the way here today. It was raining, okay? And last week when, when I went to Church of Nativity, it was raining. And two weeks prior to that, I had to go to a funeral just past this way. It was raining again. So the thought that came to my mind is every time I'm on the 401, it's raining. Now, it's a new situation for me, just kind of gets me a little bit thinking. Now, how I process my reality is the thought goes directly to feelings. What's my feeling about this particular thought? I'm going to get wet. It's unsafe conditions. I'm scared. Okay, so that's the feeling that's now associated with me driving on the 401. I don't know, I haven't tested it when it's not raining, so we'll see what happens the next time. Okay, now from that feeling comes a behavior. Am I going to be driving safely? Am I going to be speeding down the highway? Am I going to be checking my rear view mirror? Am I going to be extra careful? Or what am I going to be doing? So, as you can see, this is how we naturally process any new situation. It starts off, we have a thought about this particular situation, then some feelings come in, and then that governs our behavior. But it always starts off with a thought. Now, when we When we break the iPads, 
Let's try the mouse. Let's see what happens with that. Did that work? It's on my screen. OK. So when we, are we, are we responsible for our thoughts? Let me ask this question out. Are we responsible for our thoughts? Not all. Yes. Not all? Yes. Some say yes. Some say not all. Are we responsible for all of our thoughts, for those who said yes? for that, whereas if I get a thought and I sit and I dwell in it, that's also how I choose to react to the thought, so that's my responsibility. Okay, so the that's behavior okay. that's coming out of the, the thought is what, you're, is what you're saying, is what you're responsible for? I guess so. Okay, what if it's a happy thought? Are you responsible for it then? What if it's a negative thought? What if it's like, I'm thinking of harming myself? We are? Aside from the thundering that happens on a regular basis, which you guys did not even flinch, by the way. I'm Yusuf. Nice to meet you, Peter. Can you come up one or two or three further so that I... I'm, I'm not trying to use the microphone, so we'll see what happens. Okay, so, so you were saying. Yes, yes on having thoughts positive or like happy thoughts mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. or bad thoughts if you're responsible. Um, I, I want to say yes, but no, because okay. You're not always responsible when an idea comes or a thought comes to do something harmful, mm -hmm. but you're responsible if you, if, as you said, like dwell on it, sit in that thought, or be like, okay, let's explore, let's okay, let's think about it more, let's spend more time on. Brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So there's something that's called automatic, automatic thoughts, right? It's the first thought that comes to my mind, right? Those are things that are just random neurons firing into your brain as trying to process the situation that's happening within you. When you progress further in that thought and you start to remunerate on that thought, then it becomes a thought pattern, okay? From there, then when the emotions start to add a little bit of extra color, and then that governs your behavior. So the point that I'm trying to say is we are bombarded our brain is constantly active. We're always thinking there's always something that's happening, whether in the background, whether in the foreground, there's millions and millions of thoughts that we generate on a daily basis. So regulation of these thoughts becomes important. Because I do remember a certain part in the Bible where it's now we are actually responsible for the thoughts, where a sin is not just the action but in thinking it's no longer just adultery but someone who thinks about coveting your neighbor's wife is committed that sin right so there are certain thoughts that we are responsible for so now the regulation becomes important 
So from a biblical sense, from our faith perspective, we are very, very responsible. It's not something that we take lightly. Now, if we go further into, ooh, there's an airplay that needs to happen. The relevance for, for thoughts or for regulating thoughts has to govern their effect on our emotions and on our behaviors. So from an emotional perspective, the relevance of, of managing our thoughts is that it actually gives us emotional regulation. Something happened. I pressed the button and, and it just went out into the ether. And then I've been using the mouse, like you, like you said, but nothing has been happening. So, emotional regulation, right? An emotion, a true emotion, is transient, three to 30 seconds. That's how long an actual emotion is, okay? Anything further than that, it is being governed by our thoughts. Right? So it's a thought pattern, it's not an actual emotion at that point. Something, there we go, does that work? Nope, it's not working again. You have to stay here. We'll get there. It happened last week, and we could not find the adapter. So how could I adapt? And my mind is telling me you should fix the adapter. Your thought, and you became really heated about it in your feelings, and it, you spent the entire time in the back trying to figure it out, so it governed your behavior. Did you see that? That was a perfect example of what I was just talking about. Is there a, a work that's happening in the parking lot? There's very, like, the trees are being protected. Mm, yes, I think this is a preparation. Preparation for the construction. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be an exciting next couple of weeks, right? So, let's talk about emotional regulation, okay? So, our thoughts, or the thought regulation, plays a crucial role in managing our emotions, where our thoughts influence our emotional expression and certain thought patterns can intensify or prolong negative emotions like anxiety, anger, or sadness. And by, re by regulating our thoughts, we can effectively manage and modulate our emotional responses. It's a very long-winded way of saying our thinking governs the way that we feel. And by regulating the way that we think, we can regulate the way that we feel. It'll, it'll become more clear as we, as we go a little bit further on, okay? Yes? So emotions are not, it doesn't work otherwise? What emotion leads to thought? It's always thought leads to emotion? It's generally the thought that comes in first, and then the emotion. Now the emotions are, it's a wonderful color palette because there are true emotions that we're experiencing right now and there's the emotional lens that we look at things from our past, right? So you, <laughs> <laughs> so the kid turned off again and uh, 
now you've made the association, Abuna. There's, there's, it's not just thundering, it's actually doing something to the wiring. So sometimes, like let's say you, you had a bad experience, right? Like I, like I was talking about with my 401 experience in the last three weeks, it's been raining, right? So my thought was that it's, it's now raining. Now I've become accustomed to this rain and it's formed an emotional response in me, okay? This emotional response is I now am scared. I feel unsafe on this highway. From, your past. From the past. So now every time that I go on the 401, I have the emotion, and now that's going to feed into the behavior, which then feeds back into the thought. So my behavior is going to be, you know, I'm going to be extra careful, and maybe I'll, you know, like, and then so the thought is like, see, I was right, and the first, it's unsafe, justified in my thinking. And it's a feedback loop, but it generally starts off with the thought, okay? The, the emotions much just hold us in place. But when we start to regulate these thoughts, we have control to start regulating the emotions as well. Manish. Second point is we call it cognitive reframing. Okay? And here's the definition. Restructuring or reinterpreting negative or distorted thoughts by challenging negative thought patterns and replacing them with more balanced and rational ones. Individuals can experience emotional relief and improved well-being. Let's use the exact same example, right? Abuna now has associated that this iPad is going to give him a hard time, right? His thought is, I need to fix it because that's the kind of man that he is. He likes to fix things, right? So. Rather than him sitting here and every two seconds running to the back, his behavior is now going to not be helpful for him, right? He's now developed some emotions that he's not, he's uneasy, he's tense, whatever, right? So if he continues to engage in the exact same thought is that this thing is a nightmare, right? It's going to feed back into that, that loop one more time. So now I can see that Abuna is very relaxed because he's now resolved to the idea Yusuf is going to do whatever he needs to do in order to get this talk through. I don't need to worry about writing to the back. To, <laughs> right? So I'm glad I could help to, per, to break that cycle for you, Abuna. <laughs> Number three, it's called avoiding cognitive traps. Okay? So some cognitive patterns, such as catastrophizing, this is something that we excel at as in, within the Coptic culture, right? It's, you know, a small little piece of, uh, what's that? Something, a piece of paint falls from the ceiling right now as we're sitting here. <gasps> we all burst into like flames and we run out. The, the whole church building is collapsing. Everyone, St. Mary's is unsafe, get out, right? we catastrophize, everything just becomes so expanded and overwhelming, right? There's another thought pattern that's called mind reading, right? This is the biggest one that happens in relationships and that's why relationships get into trouble. Whereas I say something to my partner and in the back of my mind, I already know what she's going to say and it's not going to be good. So therefore my response is going to be, 
blam. So I say whatever I need to say, and then I respond to the thought that happened in my pattern, in, my, in the back of my mind. So I'm trying to read her mind. 99.99999% of the time, we are wrong, just to let you know. Those are unhelpful thinking patterns, right? And with regulating our thoughts, we can actually try and minimize these particular patterns. And these patterns can actually lead to excessive worry or unwarranted emotional distress, anxiety, depression, anger, you name it, right? It happens. Thought regulation helps individuals recognize and avoid these cognitive traps leading to better emotional resilience and coping. Now, we talked about the effects of regulating our, emo our thoughts on our emotions. Now, what is the point of regulating our thoughts and how that in, in terms of managing our behavior, okay? Number one is behavioral activation. We talk about behavioral activation on a regular basis in, in counseling sessions whenever we have cases of anxiety, cases of depression, you know, it's the idea of you got to do something. And you got to do something that's different than what you've normally been doing. The reason that you're not doing something is because you have a particular thought that's associated with you. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to manage to do this appropriately. I suck at driving on the 401, right? So my behavior is going to be I'm going to avoid the 401 at all costs, right? Now, behavioral activation is now is a thought process, right? First, it starts off here. I can do it. There's genuinely nothing wrong with the 401. I just had bad experiences on there. Get on the road, Yusuf. It's not that big of a deal. Talk myself into it. Start doing something different. The behavior now, do you remember that, that loop that we talked? I don't know. Did it show on there before it cut out? It did. There was <laughs> so the behavior now feeds into the thought, and then the thought feeds into the feeling, and then back into the behavior, and, and vice versa. Number two, overcoming procrastination. Who here is a procrastinator? Yeah, everybody procrastinator. Who here is a perfectionist? Guess what? Two sides of the same coin, <laughs> right? It's the way that I'm going to take forever to get something done, or I can't produce something because it's just not good enough. It just needs one more I to be dotted and one more T to be crossed. And I'm laughing at you because you're an engineer and I know how hard that is. So um, if you fail, bridges will collapse and people will die, you know, as your ring will signify. So it's good. Procrastination often results from negative thought patterns such as fear of failure or feeling overwhelmed. Thought regulation can help individuals address these thought patterns, increasing productivity and reducing procrastination. Is that your hand up or just fixing your hand? Okay. <laughs> okay, number three, and I promise these are the last, that's the last one. So relevance in managing behavior, this is the third one, is breaking destructive patterns. Destructive behaviors often stem from irrational and negative thoughts. By challenging and regulating these thoughts, individuals can break free from harmful patterns and adopt more adaptive and positive behaviors. 
Um, I'm going to do a little bit of disclosure from about one of my client cases that I'm currently working with. There's a, a gentleman that came in, and he is amidst a, a divorce from his wife. And he is dating another woman. Obviously, they're not Coptic. So um, the reason that he's getting a divorce from his, his wife, or is now his ex-wife, is because she told him that he does not share his feelings. Or he doesn't connect with her on an emotional level. So he's in for care to figure out what's wrong with his ex-wife. Okay? In the same time, he's dating this other woman, and he just disclosed, it's tonight actually, disclosed an incident that happened where he was supposed to go over to her house, and she wasn't there, or she didn't answer the phone, and therefore, he didn't end up going to the house. And then she called him and she said, I missed your call. What's going on? And he said, oh, I drove past your house because you didn't answer the phone. And she's like, okay, well, I'm here. Can you just come back? And so he's like, no, don't worry about it. I have something else to do. And so that was preceded by the following week. And he's like, can you believe it? She waited on it for a whole week to tell me that I was not sharing how I truly felt with her. So this man is falling in the same trap of what he was programmed with as a child, is that men don't feel or men don't show emotion. And he is now over and over repeating the exact same pattern of behavior. And the goal is to try and get him to figure out that that is a pattern that he is repeating. Did that, was that a valuable example? No, maybe so, okay. Can you come forward, please? That's okay, you can still come forward. I promise I won't make you feel horrible when you leave in 15 minutes. So, how, how do we regulate our thoughts is, I'm sure, the question that is burning on everyone's mind, right? Because I told you what the benefits are of regulating our thoughts, but how do we do it? And if you recall, when I said initially that I'm all about integrating faith and therapy at the same time, this is how we do it. There's a couple of steps. The very first one comes to us from Psalm 91, verse 1. And he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And from a counseling perspective, it's called quiet. Silence. From a Christian perspective, it's also called quiet and silence. <laughs> but it's called time with God. If our mind is constantly racing, like I have said, did you know, I don't know if you guys know this, that on an average day, men speak about 7,000 words? It takes a couple of hundred thoughts before 
a man speaks. So you can just imagine how many thoughts a man will have in a day. Do you want to know how many, thought, how many words a woman speaks in a day? 49,000. <laughs> so if our mind is constantly, those neurons are constantly firing, our mind is, because believe it or not, there are thoughts that we are conscious of, and there are subconscious thoughts that we're not aware of, right? So there's a constant level of thinking and neural processing that's happening. If that is constantly happening, there's no way that I will have the capacity to stop to realize that I'm having an irrational thought. Does that make sense? Without that interruption, without that quiet time, without that solitude, there's no time to process. The point of here is that you're quiet up here as well when you are listening to him. Because this relationship is what governs that silence. Because we always talk, or Abuna always talks and says, you can't listen to God if you are talking. And God is always talking. In communication, 7% of that is the spoken word. That's it. Everything else surrounding that has nothing to do with words. That's a different talk. But when we talk about listening to God, we always want this like thundering cloud of like, do you guys remember like the Lion King? You know, it was like Simba, you know, that kind of thing. Or it was, it was a everybody thinks of that. That's like how God is going to speak to him. Or like, you know, where St. Paul is like thunder and lightning, right? Like something's going to happen. To, but no, 7% is the actual spoken word. Communication happens regardless. So when we say God is constantly communicating, we really do mean that. And us being the image of God, we manifest that. 7%, just think of that. So, first and most important part of regulating our thoughts is shutting them down by quiet time. Thank you. The second thing is live in the Word of God. What's the Word of God that we have in front of us? The Bible. What does it mean to live in the Word? I'm not saying read it. Live in it. What does that mean to you? Don't be shy. Hands up. Gentleman in the back. I'm going to pick on you because you're that far behind. Yeah. You brought the Orban. It looks fantastic. So you can tell us. What does it mean to you to live in the Word of God? Obey his commandments. Anybody else? Conversation 
it's a conversation. How do you communicate? Read his word. Okay, brilliant. And because you said you're going to be leaving in 15 minutes, so how about you give us a quick answer before you leave? <laughs> so different points of connection. I love that. That's beautiful. Yes. According to the word of Christ, as the Bible says. So my, my kids are, are 10 and 7, and my, my wife loves to teach them like different like hymns and songs and, and whatever. And yesterday, when I was prepping this, as I was specifically on this particular slide, prepping this slide, my, da my daughter woke up, Seven in the morning, it's summer break. She should not be awake at seven in the morning. I, I have to tell you that, right? That's, that's a little bit too much for me as a parent. But she normally wakes up as a grumpy person, <laughs> okay? Until, like, she goes about her business and does whatever. Yesterday, she did not wake up as a grumpy person. She woke up in a very cheerful mode to the point that she was singing, and what was she singing, pray tell? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Anybody here a parent? So you can imagine what your heart feels like when you are immersed in the word of God and he just simply speaks back and says to you my word live in my word when Christ was being tempted right these are the three temptations the first one he said to him if you're the son of God command these stones become bread how did Jesus respond? Absolutely. And, and what is that? Is that something that he came up with just by himself? What is it? It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a verse. It's a verse in the Bible, right? The second one, he says to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. How did Christ respond? It is also written. Do not tempt the Lord your God. Now, where is that in the Bible? Please go to Psalm 91, if you have it. Can you pull up Psalm 91? So, Having the word of God 
in you gives you the appropriate response to any temptation. It gives you the appropriate response to any irrational thought. It gives you the response to the world and the new situations that you are faced with. If I, after my third time being on the 401, thought I would be unsafe if I had simply recited, yea, though, through I, though, through, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, or anything of that reference to give me courage, thought would have been simply banished, disappear. No time for the emotions to kick in. So when I say living in the Word of God, I mean memorize the Word of God. Fill your heart with the Word of God. Fill your mouth with the Word of God. If you are constantly, these are the words that come out of your mouth, guess what? That's right, cognitive restructuring, that's what's going to happen. You recite something long enough, it becomes part of you. You start to live it. You live the Word of God. I'm afraid to touch the screen to move forward because it, what I'm seeing in front of me is not what's on here. So if this disappears, just understand that it's not my fault. <laughs> I went to, to the next slide. It didn't do anything. Oh, there we go. Beautiful. It lags. That's right. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the firing, right? Fellowship. Ladies and gentlemen, is something that is fundamental to the way that we think, feel, and behave. Who we surround ourselves with generally governs the way that we think. A rotten apple spoils a bunch. What else is a good proverb? Birds of a feather flock together. Things like that. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. It is not just us who want to hang out with others. It is our responsibility to our friends and our peers, our colleagues, to be their friend, to be that sound that reminds them of how awesome our life is, that he died for us for our salvation. The next one, and this is of utmost, this is probably the most important point in how we can change our thinking. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, living a sacramental life, okay? 
and I, I put a picture of Abuna. You have no idea how hard it was to find it, okay? It's, I don't know why, because I, I, I just, I had to like look, I Googled it, and then I went to the images, and then I had to find one that's actually like good quality, and then when I clicked on it, I'm like, I just, just simply could have gone to the church website, but I have not. <laughs> Sometimes like this, right? It's, 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 it's a different, it's an irrational thought. <laughs> so confession, this is the whole point of, of having a bonus picture there, is confession is, is truly the time where we actually can sit before someone else and bear our heart, bear our thoughts. And then you have someone on the other side to say, that's a good thought. This is an irrational way of thinking, which is going to lead to hellfire and brimstone, if you don't cease and desist. And from that point, you go on and partake in the body and blood of Christ. Being in that union, he who eats my body and drinks my blood, I abide in him and he in me. These aren't just words. This is how we get filled, right? It's really tough to let go of something before holding on to something else. So let's hold on to Christ rather than worrying about letting go of some irrational thinking patterns. And last but not least, did that work? Is it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist too, right? That's a shameless plug for what I do, right? So you, you, you talk to someone other than your father of confession that can tell you you're being stupid, right? You pay lots and lots of money for someone to say, this is not how you should be thinking. This is not how you should behave in normal, civilized society. This is not appropriate for uh, a person like you. Lee? Lee? You don't tell that to your client and say, Abuna? You don't, you don't say, shame on you, right? With empathy and love. I know, but Abuna, I, 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 I have to, wait, I have to, I have to remind Coptic style. <laughs> Again, so I, I run all of my, uh, all of my talks with, with, with my family and, and my kids and my wife and, and my wife's like response to me running this, this particular talk with her was, she's like, I'm not seeing the Coptic yet. And I said, <laughs> and I said, Miriam, what are, you, what, what are you looking for? And she's like, there's no talk of hellfire, brimstone. There's nothing, none of catastrophizing everything. I said, I don't talk about catastrophizing. She's like, not in that context. And you know what I'm talking about. So I had to bring in the, you know, the way that we do things. So, what were the, the different ways that we can regulate our thoughts? The first one, now that we have some images to look at. Quiet. Quiet meaning that we are thinking, what are we doing? 
listening. Number two, living in the Word of God, meaning memorize and fill yourself with those words. Three, did it work? Didn't work. Hold on. Fellowship. Number four. And then number five. Christian counseling, ladies and gentlemen. Christian counseling. Christian counseling, that's absolutely, absolutely. All right. Are there any questions? Yes. Can you give me an example of what you're talking about? Absolutely, absolutely. So the very first thing that you, well, we all have that friend, right? That, <laughs> God bless them. But the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you know, there's like literally a rainbow in the sky, and they come to you and say, do you see how cloudy and gloomy and miserable the day is? Because that's just, we've learned to accept that that's part of who they are. But guess what? That's actually not part of personality profiling whatsoever, to be a negative person, right? That has to do with the emotional wiring that they have been programmed with. And that starts off with some particular thought that got associated with an emotion, and then now the behavior governs that whole cycle as they're progressing. So how do we avoid falling into that trap, right? It's a system of checks and balances. We always say you have to look behind you to see where you're going forward, right? You have to test these thoughts against reality. You have to test the thoughts against history. If you think to yourself for a second, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Well, now let's look to the past. You've accomplished X, Y, and Z degree. You've accomplished whatever position at work. You've accomplished whatever family life. All these accomplishments would say they are contrary to you not being good enough. If that doesn't reset that cycle, you go and ask someone, your father of confession perhaps, a friend, someone. Give me something. How am I good? You can come and see me in the office and I'll make you write out a list of 70 things that you like about yourself. I'm not kidding. I get people to fill a page. And people find it the most insurmountable like task until they start to write it. And the sentence always, I like this about me. I like this about me. And you'd be surprised eventually you'll get in the rhythm of it. So there's multiple ways to challenge that negative way of thinking to catch it, right? Before it turns into a habit. 
Does that answer your question? Any other questions? Yes. So, how, how to sit in quiet? How to, yeah, how to sit in quiet to listen. To listen. So, space, uh, the reason I put the word quiet rather than putting quiet time or space because it is supposed to be both, space and time. So, if you find it, if you are the individual that requires the actual true silence, right, you need to create a space in your home, in your car, in your office, wherever you need to have a space, which is like your, did you guys ever watch the, the um, uh, war room? Yeah, the closet, right? In, in, in our church, we call it al-mahda, right? So it's a space that is specific for you to just be alone with God. So you have to create that space. Secondly, what were the two things? Time, right? So you have to create the time. If you are a member of a family that is quite loud and, 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 and whatever, like we all are, you have to wake up first thing in the morning before everybody else. Or stay up later before everybody else or after everybody else has gone to sleep or find 15 minutes in the bathroom for, to yourself, right? As a, as a parent, you have no time to yourself. Like when they're little, tiny, tiny, tiny little people, they have like little fingers that come right through the doors. They're like, are you in there? Are you done? Right? And so you have to create the space and the time. Is that a good enough answer? Any other questions? Okay, thank you very much for having me, people. Thank you, Yusuf. This was a great session. I hope you can find the things, practical, that we can take uh, out and apply them into our, into our life, uh, spiritually and socially and all, and all aspects. And uh, the, the, the the pattern actually like uh, this is uh, like the cognitive behavioral like the, the the cognitive triangle like we think this is an invention of science but it is not by the way <laughs> it is if, if has anyone heard about Evagrius Pontius so Pontius Evagrius Pontius he has a very nice book called talking back and this is basically what Yusuf talked about is like Jesus on the mountain responding back to Satan and actually this is Evagrius Pontius like uh, he took this uh, 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 these trials uh, of Jesus and how he responded from the gospel and he spent his life and he wrote books like about different sections about different types of thoughts and temptations and how to talk back using the word the word of God and we applied, and this is this this, uh, 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 and it is it is amazing. It is amazing how we, when we memorize verses, they come helpful to us, uh, and that's why the church, the Coptic church, <laughs> forces the Psalms into. A
our mind. <laughs> so when the, when the thoughts are forced into our mind and we get into the habit of not just reciting them as uh, words, as any, uh, anything else, but, but we just take it to heart and we really put our, our, our thoughts and our like, like energy and our thoughts and our uh, belief and our time and really practice them become handy in the time of need. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Yusuf, for uh, uh, sharing this, uh, these suggestions, like the quiet time, the fellowship, the, the light, living Jesus, li living, living the word, living the scripture, uh, and a Christian therapist. <laughs> this, is, uh, this, is, this is very important. We are in yes. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. I didn't see this. My eye did not did not did not catch it. <laughs> and uh, so why didn't you say this? <laughs> so so re, re, yeah yeah. <laughs> so re, realizing the um, the need for Christian counseling, uh, you know that the church has a Christian counseling office, which is called Cornerstone Counseling Counseling Service. Uh, the one that Yusuf is putting there, the one he is uh, uh, there, and uh, what's the other one? El Piso. El Piso, El Piso So come to Christian, to, to, to Cornerstone, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Yusuf is in both. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> so definitely, definitely, it makes a lot of sense to seek Christian counseling. We were struggling. There was a time when we as priests were really struggling because there are certain issues, certain difficulties, certain challenges that we cannot solve as with the capacity of priests. So we need to refer to someone like a counselor uh, to be able So this is, this is a very uh, 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 to to have a Christian counseling office in the church, this is amazing. And, uh, uh, and it is amazing that many Christian offices, Christian counseling is, are emerging and they basically, uh, they, they usually do not push uh, a lot of uh, verses and Bible passages through your throat. <laughs> but you can guarantee that there is nothing that is going to be suggested or approved that is does not that does not match with the Christian with the Christian value. And this is important to important to all of us, whether individuals, whether in in relationships. Uh, we also have a fellowship uh, announcements for fellowship. So, Ilaria, why don't you lead us in those in this announcement? <laughs> Thank you.